We're sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee. So my guest on the Tales of Tennessee podcast today has extensive experience on the stage. She's appeared alongside some hugely successful showbiz names and a very famous fox. She's one of the most glamorous artists in UK country music and has been seen on both sides of the microphone in recent times. She is, of course, Laura Evans. Thank you very much for joining us, Laura. Thank you for having me. Hello. You're very welcome. So I've just done, I've did a little bit of background research into your career and, and what you've done. And it seems like you've been acting and you've been performing for, for ages. Is that right? Did you, you started when you were a child? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been singing since I was about five years old. And, and then I guess with singing became, came the acting. And yeah, I did a bit of acting. I went off on a little acting road and then came back to my music. So yeah, I've done lots of stuff. <laughs> and how did you come about? Like, how did you start singing as an actual activity rather than, you know, the rest of us that sing in the shower or in the car or what have you, when you were five years old, is it, you, I, I know you're Welsh, you're from the Ronda, Ronda Valley, aren't you? And yeah. that's very, very much a singing, singing area. There's some fantastic voices that have come from down there. Is it yeah. sort of steeped in your, your ancestry, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. My auntie and uncle sang, I would say professionally, if you call singing around the clubs in Wales professional. But to me, when I was like six, that was like the coolest thing ever. Um, so I learned from them, really. And I started singing and I would just learn so many songs. So, yeah, I think it was literally from my family. And I, as soon as I could speak, I could sing. And mm. then I did my first show with them when I was really little and then it just carried on. That's really interesting because I think a lot of artists sort of the singing almost comes second because they've they've learned to play the guitar or the piano and what have you and it it's ended up going going hand in hand but with you it sounds like it was very much the singing singing to start with. Yeah, I wish you, I, that's one of my big regrets actually. I sang so much. I had a microphone really young, you know, and I had a karaoke machine speakers. I had all the gear, but I didn't have a musical instrument. Mm. And I wish I'd picked up the guitar at the same time I picked up my microphone. But I guess, you know, that's the way it is. My voice was my instrument. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And what an instrument to have. Um, so do you play the guitar? Do you play any instrument sort of in later life? Have you taught yourself yes. anything? Yeah, definitely. I play piano quite young, actually. And I play a bit of guitar and the piano. I say badly because all I need is four chords, right, to write a country song. <laughs> so, yeah, I play it just to write and just to get a feel. Um, but I, I'm really trying hard to be better at that. Yeah. And and with the country music, has it always been country? Is that what your uncle and aunt sang? Is that sort of where your heart has always lain? Um, not really, no. I listened to a melting pot of music, like when I was little. I listened to pop music, soul music, but I did listen to country as well. It was like thrown in the mix. And I remember listening to my auntie and thinking, she sounds a bit country. And then I would listen to people like Faith Hill and Leanne Rhymes. Yeah. And then I would like, record my own voice as much as I wanted to be Mariah Carey um, when I was about 12. <laughs> I was like, I don't really, you know, I had to, I would try and sound like her, but actually the tone of my voice was always country. Mm. And then the more I realized that's what I sounded like, the more I listened to it. And then I just kind of listened to it ongoing from there. Yeah. Yeah. And the songwriting aspect, 
has that always been part of you? Have you always had an interest in writing songs or again, has that come in later stages? Um, I started writing pretty early on, yeah. I, I wrote a lot of poetry as a little kid. And then when I was about 13, 14, I started writing songs. So I would put my own music to the songs and write the lyrics. Mm. And so, yeah, that started pretty early because I listened to so many songs and I thought, oh, I want to try this and write for me. Like I wanted to, I knew I kind of wanted to be an artist and have a voice. So I guess that way of writing songs was my way to do that. I'm not yeah. sure they were that good when I was 14, to be honest. But <laughs> start somewhere a, a, a damn sight better than anything I could do now. Yeah, no, I have absolute admiration for anybody that can sit down and actually put lyrics to music and and just to come up with the melody I mean I might be able to at a push come up with some lyrics but to actually get the melody and a tune to go with those lyrics is beyond me so I have absolute admiration for all of you who can who can do that um so let's if we just um step back a little bit and and have a little just touch base on what you've done in terms of your acting career you obviously you went to uh, a theatre school Mm-hmm. in London uh, this is just reading from Wikipedia so apologies if I've got this wrong but it says there that you um you had some fairly famous classmates is that right that's right yeah I did so yeah. that was Amy Winehouse yes and Billy Piper yes that's pretty cool that is pretty cool it sounds like it was a fairly successful um successful class anyway yeah the thing is when we were that little I went I was about 14 at the time when I went to drama school from Wales and Mm. I won a scholarship and I my mum cried and I you know I begged them to go and I'd go every Monday morning and come home on a Friday yeah and it was like insane to like leave the valleys of Wales to go to London Mm. but I, I don't know how I did it really back then but when I got to school you know Everyone was the same. We were all just kids that some were brilliant at singing, some were brilliant at dancing, some were just confident kids that didn't really know what they wanted to do. And it was just, we didn't really know. We just all went with the flow. We just knew we wanted to be there. Kind yeah. of. So, so, I mean, it sounds like it gave you a really good kind of all-round background and you probably dipped your toe in a lot of different things. So you've got that really solid base um, from which to to you know start as a performer and as an actress and and as a singer yeah I think what it taught you really was that kids worked you know so we thought of it as work if you booked a job or got a little part on something it wasn't like oh you're living the dream it was like you've got a job yeah and and kind of that mentality being that's so little was new for me because when mm. I went to shows, it wasn't like a job. I was just having fun. So when I got there, I was like, oh, I'm working. You know, that that yeah. kid is working today. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was interesting. Yeah. And that must have been quite, quite hard to get your, get your head around because when it's a passion as well and you probably think, oh, is this, I, I know it is work, mm-hmm. but is this actually what? what work is life because like because when you are doing something that is your passion supposedly it doesn't feel like work and I guess when you're that young you must just think that that's what that's what the rest of the future holds that is that is work have you found that difficult or did you find it difficult sort of in your more formative years as you were kind of transitioning from a from a child actress or performer to to an adult yeah, I feel like the work was what you did to prepare yourself for the audition mm. or, you know, like even now when I'm 
rehearsing for a show to me that seems like the work I put in and then if I do all the work and do it well then the moment of glory is um on the stage the like singing and it all works and everyone I sang the right notes and you know yeah. I don't know people didn't boo me off the stage <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like that with acting. It was like if you prepared and then you got the got in the room, and your work prepared you for your moment, and you got the job. Yeah. I guess that's what seemed like work. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you do. You're getting that. You are getting that satisfaction. I mean, speaking from from my point of view, I've got a, a background in horse racing. So you know, you work so hard to get the horse ready for the race, to get yourself fit enough to do all of these things, and it's such a hard slog and then you get there to the actual race and you're like yes this is exactly why I do it and I guess it's a sort of a similar similar buzz with the uh with the performing when you're actually there it's it's live you've got the audience in front of you you're like yes this is this is yeah. what I worked so hard yeah cool. and there's a really there's a really interesting um phrase I think which I've lived by like luck is your preparation uh, luck is preparation that meets your opportunity Oh, okay. So, you know, when people say you're lucky, you think, well, I worked my whole life for this. So, yes. but it seems like luck because then everything, the stars align. But yeah. actually, I think it's your, all the hard work you put in, you know. And the mentality to slog it out and actually you will reap the rewards at some point. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. And I mean, you, and you've had a hugely varied um, acting career as well. So you do a lot of pantomimes, but you've also done some films and obviously Basil Brush back in the day as well have you have you sort of purposefully gone in a particular direction or is it literally just whatever comes along and seems to tick that box at that particular time yeah I mean when I left school and when I was around 18 19 I just wanted to do music mm. and I'd had a couple of record deals um, and the music had fallen through. It was like whatever I did, every little thing I did, I didn't quite get there, you know. Mm. And so I actually fell into, back into my acting because the music didn't work out. Mm. So I got that job on Basil Brush, which was, seemed like a total fluke at the time. Yeah. And I was in a bit of a dark place, actually, because I'd had all these record deals, made all this music, and nothing had happened. Mm. And then I was kind of just out in the world again, just as a nobody thinking, well, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Um, so when I landed that job, it was like a saving grace for me. Yeah. It was nice to, you know, have have a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was weird the way that unfolded. And now I, I definitely want to do more music because it was a path I went down for yeah. a time. But it, I don't think it was meant to be. It was just meant for that time. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a firm believer in there is a there's a right time and place for everything, and and what you are meant to do will will have it will appear it will show itself to you when it's supposed to so like you say it might just have obviously not been the time yeah. back then but then you've gone away you've got all of this other experience which whoever you are whatever industry you're in gives you a more rounded approach I guess doesn't it and then gives you other tools to actually really make you be able to to power forward in in that um in that field that you do want to yeah um go down when you actually get back to it so yeah. um it's like riding the wave you must know with with because you know, like horse racing and everything you do sometimes I choose I think I always try and choose the path of least resistance so if something's not working out I think well what well, you know I, I need to change direction or do something yeah. different or roll with it so I try yeah. and live my life by that rule 
Yeah, well, you've got to try. You've got to try everything, haven't you, for your own, for your own peace of mind and for your own your own self satisfaction. Because you've got to be able to look back and think, okay, it might not have worked, but I tried and I gave it. I gave it my all. And if it did work, brilliant, fantastic. You know, I'm really glad that I tried X, Y, and Z to get there. So um, I think it's good to keep an open mind and, and explore other avenues that you wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Um, have thought about to start with so who do you have any or when you were when you were young when you were growing up did you have any particular influences I mean you've spoken about the likes of Faith Hill and and people like that in in terms of singing Mm -hmm. but as a as a sort of role model as a as an influence for your whole career did you have anyone in particular who you really looked up to and uh, aspired to be like um, you know, music was so important. And even though I did act, I still, musicians and singers were like it for me. Mm. I, I always looked up to them. And even though I had actor friends who would have these role models like Nicole Kidman, I always just came back to music because I think that's really where my passion was. Mm. So people like Lucy Silvers, who was yeah. a songwriter and an artist, that was really impactful for me because I was like, wow, she makes music and she writes songs. And so, and then, you know, Leanne Rhymes, Faith Hill, and yeah. those great singers and artists, they were always just my idols. Yeah. And what did it, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit now, but speaking of, of people like that, what did it feel like for you when you finally released your first single and you were like, yes, I've I've done this, that's me, that's all this, all these years of hard work? Can you put that into words? Um, it's I'm terrible. I'm a huge critic, so and I don't know if I'm ever completely happy with anything I put out. Mm. I should be because it, it wouldn't even leave my Dropbox if it wasn't. But yeah, I'm always striving. I'm always thinking what's next, and and I don't know. It's a really hard question as a creative. Of course, I want to sit there and be proud of it, and mm. I want to do great things. But for me, the best process is the is the creation. Mm. When I'm writing the song and recording the vocal, that's the most magical. Because once you put it out in the world, there seems a lot of pressure, which yeah. is not the fun part. Um, but I guess you just have to. I'm I'm always happy with the result, but mm. I'm usually um, like hypercritical as well. Yeah. And how much input do you have in the production um, side of it? Obviously, you do the vocals, but like when it comes to the sort of fine-tuning technical side, how much input do you have? Uh, quite a lot. I I always make a playlist of songs that I love the production of so that my producer has the idea mm. of everything. And then I let him roll with it, see what he does, and he usually throws everything at it. And then we sit there and take things out, and then we listen to another mix. And even though I'm not a producer, I I know what I like to hear or what doesn't sit right in the mix or <laughs> he probably hates me now because someone was like change this change that turn my voice up here um but I yeah I'm really hands-on on that mm. I think that's great though and I, I um we had Tim Protty Jones on the podcast um yeah. and he obviously does a lot of producing and he was saying how important it is that the artist is happy with the um with the final result because it is their it's their voice and I guess when you've put so much of your heart and soul into writing and creating this song yeah to then lose it lose its true value mm-hmm. during the production stages would be would be awful yeah um it's it's so interesting as a 
as a listener when you're listening to an acoustic version of a song and then to hear it as a full release and it's got the full band and it's got the whole production the whole works just the difference in the song is is amazing and it always just absolutely fascinates me how you get kind of from a to b um or a to z um you know and have gone through the whole the whole process um do you work particularly with one producer or do you pick who you work with depending on the song and the vision that you've got in your head? Well, I usually pick one producer and um, for the last year or so now I've been working with what, with my producer, Josiah J Manning, who's in down in Plymouth. Hmm. And I've pretty much been doing everything with him now. So everything from like an acoustic version right up to my produced stuff. Hmm. Um, and I think the more you get to know someone, the more they get to know you and your vision and that's not to say I wouldn't work with another producer in the future, yeah. but right now I'm sticking with this one. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. If you've got a if you've got a good relationship and he understands yeah. your creativeness and where and where you're aiming to to go with each each song, why yeah. would you change it? It's yeah, that, you know, exactly. Yeah, don't, don't fix what's not broken. Mm-hmm. So, um, your current single "Take Me Back Home" is obviously about Aberdeer. <laughs> and Wales how much of a, a wrench is it to be sort of so far away from that and especially during the pandemic and I'm assuming you haven't been able to go go back and visit or anything mm-hmm. have you struggled with that or have you kind of you're you're grown up now you've you've got into the swing of of being away from home because it's such a hugely different place isn't it London to, yeah. to South Wales yeah completely different I I don't know, because I went to drama school so young, coming home or having a weekend at home is like precious time. And I've never taken it for granted. And every time I would travel home after something or I'm popping home for the weekend, I don't know, I drive in, I drive down a hill into my village and it's like I literally drive down the hill and exhale, you know, and yeah. it's like, oh, I'm home. So really that song was about, not taking I I would never probably move back here and live here but I know I can always come home and it's a special place so yeah I'm closer now than I ever was before because I've lived in America and so now I'm in London it's not even that far away but I and I I did manage to get home like during small parts of last year Mm. so yeah no I like coming home and I never take it for granted yeah no absolutely it's a it's a good way to good way to look at it um is your family so obviously you mentioned your uncle and aunt were singers yeah the rest of your family are they musical at all or was it just just you my dad can sing he's in a Mm. male voice choir so he's got a nice tone of voice and can sing in tune my mum she's in a choir uh, but she can't really sing (laughs) (laughs) classic but she tries really hard and she learns her harmonies and when she's in the choir it sounds all right so yeah mine does exactly the same um and bless her over over lockdown they've been doing zoom choir practice which is just the funniest thing to to see it because she has her ear pods in so you can't actually hear anything else that other people are doing and there she is struggling through her uh her bits um yeah yeah but there we go. So you obviously you mentioned that you've lived in America and you've obviously traveled around a lot. When did you first go to Nashville? I first went to Nashville in 2014. Mm. So it's like six years ago now. Yeah. And what were your first impressions? 
Well, I went there on my own mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I got connected with two people that I knew there and I was a little scared. I was overwhelmed. It's so spaced out. And when I first got there, I didn't have a car and I, I walked down the street and it was really hot and I was like melting. And then I just thought maybe I should just go home. <laughs> like I'm in Tennessee. I'm sweating. This is not good. Um <laughs> You know, I don't know anyone. It wasn't like I could just walk to a coffee shop because mm. America's so big, isn't it? And you just, you know, you have to. And then I got over it. I met some people. I found my way around and, you know, found places to go, found acoustic nights, wrote with some people and made an effort and rented mm. a car. So I wasn't just walking around the streets. Um, and then every year I went, it got a bit easier mm. and less scary. And now I'm like, I love it so much. I just don't get to go enough, really. Yeah, no, I think a lot of us, a lot of us feel like this and uh, like that. And actually, I, the first time I went, I was on my own as well. Um, and I know I've had Natalie Cox on the podcast and and she's been and she's been on her own as well. And it is it's a really friendly place because you can meet people and get talking to people and actually I think if you have to go to any city on your own, Nashville is probably quite a good place to go because you can go and find a little acoustic night. Obviously, I'm assuming you were singing, whereas I would just be watching. Um, But it feels quite safe because you're surrounded by people with the same interests and the same passion. Yeah. Passion as as you. Um, How different is it as an artist to be writing over there and to be performing over there than it is over here? Um, oh, that's a tricky question because I just think it's there's more going on there. I feel like there's more industries here that are varied, whereas, you know, in Nashville, it, to me, when I go there, it feels like everyone's just making music mm. and this, this town runs on music and lyrics and people singing. Whereas here in the UK, you know, I don't feel like it's as saturated. Mm. So that's what inspires me when I go because I just feel like I'm in amongst it and it feels more exciting but then maybe that's because I'm British and I've gone such a long way and I got on a plane you know and it's an adventure yeah and it's adventure yeah so yeah it's it just feels like I'm in amongst it and I'm doing it I always feel like yeah I'm doing it yeah and obviously you do have quite a kind of bluesy solely type vibe to your to your country although it is very definitely country and and I know a lot of more recently released music mm-hmm. you're kind of thinking oh is this actually country or is it rock or is it pop yeah. or what have you whereas with yours although it has got those influences and mm-hmm. you can very clearly hear them it is also very country in inverted commas um yeah. when you've been in Nashville have you kind of been to any of the music nights that aren't country has that sort of influenced your time over there because obviously it isn't just just country music over in Nashville yeah no I feel like when I go there it's about I feel like the songwriters there are so talented and so good they could Mm. write anything and I think that's what's inspiring Mm. so and I also think it can get confusing because you can get overwhelmed because I love writing everything and I love pop me. I like all kinds yeah. of music. So I have to really be careful and rein myself in sometimes that I don't write, you know, an R&B bop. And I'm like, no, get back to my roots, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's inspiring because I think you can write. People there are amazing songwriters. Yeah. Um. So, 
I guess is just what you can have whatever you want. You can listen to whatever you want, right? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as a songwriter, you have been lucky enough to perform at the Bluebird, which is like the holy the holy grail of songwriters, songwriters rounds or songwriters performing. What was that like? That must have been an awesome experience. Yeah, that really was a really awesome experience I'd written I was there only for 10 days and I'd had all my writing sessions booked in and I wrote a song with Jeff Cohen which you might have heard of as a songwriter on the Monday and this is so ironic because the song we wrote is called Out of the Blue Mm. like a sweet little cute ballad and it was really nice and he said I'm playing at the Bluebird Cafe on Wednesday and why don't you come along and you can get up and do this song and I said okay yeah so I was only there for 10 days and you know on the Wednesday I was at the Bluebird and amazing I just went on my own and sat there waited for Jeff to call me up and there was people from Chicago sitting like on the table with me like strangers and I just gave them my phone and I said please can you film this (laughs) because I need my mum to see it yeah yeah (laughs) I say it was out of the blue and the song was called out of the blue and it was like one of those like magical moments and it just happened without me even trying, you know, I didn't hustle. I didn't say, I want to do this. I didn't write on my notes. I'm going to play the Bluebird Cafe. It was just uh, like serendipitous moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. I'm, uh, I'm very envious. I haven't managed to get to the Bluebird. I've been to Nashville a couple of times now, but I haven't managed to get to the Bluebird yet, but it is definitely on the, uh, on the bucket list. Um, It's uh, yeah, it looks amazing. And I think, it's like one of those things it's um it's almost like a bit of a fortune cookie because you just don't know quite what you're going to get you know you can walk in and you could just be sitting there in this tiny little cafe with just the most amazing and inspiring songwriters um so yeah definitely I think that's the beauty of the place you know is that it's come become a tourist little place but Mm. every night they have it's just you could you know, the next superstar could be playing their song. Yeah. I know Taylor Swift has played there and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the beauty of it. But, and I love the fact that it is actually a place for songwriters themselves to go. So mm-hmm. not necessarily the artists who eventually record that song, but the, but the writers themselves. And I think that's something that country music is very good at mm-hmm. as opposed to other genres, as far as I can see. I'm not an expert, but that they do actually give songwriters the time of day you know and the exposure that they deserve because they've they've written these um these songs and obviously at c2c we have the songwriters round on the thursday which is absolutely brilliant and you think i remember the last time i went we had uh, i think ross copperman was there i didn't know his name before i got there and then i was like oh my goodness he's literally written hit after hit after hit and i think that's amazing that we've as a as an audience we've got the access to the to the writers yeah, and they're so humble, you know, writers. Because mm. it's like therapy sometimes. You go into a room and you think, how can you think what I'm thinking and be able to explain it in a poetic way? Yeah. And I think that is the beauty of songwriting. And I think songwriters are really creative, humble people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How has is, how is the lockdown and the pandemic affected your your writing? Have you been able to write much or have you struggled for inspiration? Where do you, where do you get your inspiration when you are going to sit down and write a song? Um, I have, I always have loads of ideas that I'm constantly jotting down. I tend to go out for a walk and I'll always get ideas and I'll record them in my phone and I'll have a little note 
book mm. on my phone as well of just random thoughts and ideas. But I love to co-write. I'm definitely better. I get better results when I co-write with someone. Um, but I so during the pandemic, as a result, I wrote a whole bunch of songs on my own, which mm. have a slightly different vibe. Um, so yeah, I wrote a lot on my own, I would say, and found new inspiration. I was yeah. drawn, I really appreciated my friends in lockdown. And mm. so I felt my inspiration went towards the people I love and the simple things in life and all yeah. that stuff. That's great. And have you been able to record stuff during lockdown or your releases that you're having coming out at the moment were they kind of prepared before March 2020 which is obviously when all of this this kicked off yeah luckily I'd recorded my whole EP in February 2020 oh wow is that yeah yeah and I managed to record we had a little break and we were allowed to go to the studio yes. like in summer. So I had a few moments where I got in and I recorded two or three others. Mm. So it's been really sporadic, um, but I did manage to get to do some more recording. Yeah. Yeah. That's a relief. And when you are recording, um, is it with a full band or do you kind of do the vocals separately? How does that work? Well, my producer builds up the demo and he plays all the instruments. So right. he kind of make, works on a kind of rough demo with the, the, the drums and maybe half of the instruments and so I have like a rough mix in my headphones mm. and then I put vocals to that and then it okay. will change as we get to the final stage when I'm yeah. you know stopped giving him notes about tweak my vocal here take out yeah. that drum <laughs> <laughs> and when was the last time you played a live show not you know not a live stream but an actual live show in front of a live audience it was, it's so weird you, you should say that because I was working it out and it was literally a year to the day because I played at Country on the Clyde in, oh, okay. in Mar on March the 14th, 2020. Yeah. Oh, wow. A whole year. A whole year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you, but you keep yourself busy doing other stuff and obviously you're quite involved with Country Line. How did that come about? Well, I got interviewed by Countryline back in 2017 when I did my first C2C mm. and I met Natalie and Simon and they interviewed me and then we just stayed in touch and because I act too and I do do a bit of presenting, I did a little, I worked with them on and off and I interviewed artists and yeah. I became, <laughs> I don't know, it, I just kind of fell into it. And I think being an artist, I love interviewing people and yeah. it was fun and nice and it was, we're all in this together, you know, so yeah, I kind of just organically grew. Yeah. Who's been the most amazing person that you've, that you've interviewed? Not necessarily the most famous, but the one that you, you know, really did it for you and really excited you with, mm -hmm. a, with an interview. I interviewed someone recently called Hayley Witters. Yeah. And um, you probably know her, do you? She has yeah. an album out at the moment. And she's yeah. been in Nashville 12 years. And she's an amazing songwriter, to, you know, primarily. And now she's becoming this artist. And she seems like she's going to be the new Casey Musgraves or mm -hmm. Mara Morris. So for me, to see her interview her now was really nice. Because I was like, oh, I... I would call that. I she would be the yeah. one I'd be like, I'll call it. She's going to yeah. do Yeah, she's got an awesome song out at the moment, hasn't she, with Little Big Town, uh, Filling My Cup or something? Filling My Cup. Yeah. yeah. And again, so um, she wasn't a name that I particularly recognised, um, but I heard the song 
And the song is one of those songs that it feels like you've heard it before and it just feels so familiar and kind of comfortable that you automatically love it to start with um yeah. and then anyway so I was doing some digging into into her and where she'd been what she'd done um and like you say she's been around for a long time as a songwriter so it's great to see that she's now actually getting out there and performing her own stuff yeah as yeah, well it's, um it was inspiring talking to her because people don't realize you know when you have an when you have a hit single out that you've been doing it for 12 years mm. and you had so much success after just getting a cut on someone's album is huge mm. you know so to reap the reward so many years later i think people don't understand how long people's journeys are yes yeah and like we were saying earlier it's it's that hard slog isn't it that you put in the absolute daily grind and then all of a sudden all the all the stars align and everything everything clicks into place and and you're off and running um and it is uh satisfying when it gets to when it gets to that point to say the least um do you have any so she she would potentially be a US artist that you would recommend us looking out for yeah definitely yeah and then what about a a UK artist obviously because at Country Line and, and you don't just interview US artists you're very involved in UK artists as well yeah. setting yourself aside of course yeah it's weird because I feel like they're all my friends mm. <laughs> and everyone I don't want to single anyone out That's because okay. you I, can you bail know, if you want <laughs> you know, I, I tell you who I love and just is so consistently good with everything is Laura Oakes yeah yeah she's great and yeah she's and then my friend Twinny, she's obviously amazingly good, but her work ethic, I don't think people realize how hard she works. Mm. And I think if people really knew, it's inspiring, like as a woman in the industry, yeah. I yeah. feel like if you're with Twinny anywhere you go, you're like, I can get to talk to someone. And she always speaks so highly of me. She'll always like, oh, you should write with Laura or she'll always pick me up. And I think as women in this industry, mm. we should always support each other. So. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. They're both inspiring to me. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Um, And I have to backtrack a little bit here because I meant to ask you when we were talking about Nashville. Do you have any sort of tips for top tips or places to go, things to do, places to eat or anything in Nashville? Now you've been there a few times. Yes, um, I'm terrible because I forget all the names of places. (laughs) I mean, obviously the Bluebird Cafe. Yeah. Um, there was a really cool bar with a bowling alley that I went to a lot. It like, doubles up as a coffee place. You can go there for dinner in the night. Um, the Listening Room Cafe, I love because yes. they have amazing music. Um, I also quite liked East Nashville. There was a okay. couple of really cool bars and music venues in East Nashville that I liked. I think that's kind of the sort of up and coming quarter, I guess, of, of Nashville, isn't yeah. it? It's not necessarily just country either I think there's a lot of different musics and genres in in East Nashville whereas Broadway would be predominantly country and have you sort of traveled further afield in or in Tennessee or when you're there you're just there for Nashville and you're working and and that's yeah unfortunately um I didn't really get to go anywhere further I did drove out an hour north and we I went to some waterfalls once with some friends I can't quite tell you where it was but it was just beautiful kind of waterfalls and kind of forest yeah. place which was cool but I'd love to do Dollywood and like yeah. Graceland and all that when I have time <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so what would be your top country road trip song 
if you're going out and you're heading off to Dollywood or what have you, the sun is shining, it's a gorgeous day, you've got the windows down, what song would you be singing? Um, I love Miranda Lambert's Settling Up or, se- or Settling Down. And I also yeah. love um, Wild Card. Yeah, um, which has just won a Grammy. Yes, just won a Grammy. Yeah. But then I love Lucy Silver's Black Jeans as well. I love that. Um, it's hard to choose. I have so many. I, I mean, know. I, I think it sort of depends on the day as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and also Chris Stapleton has a song called Nashville, oh, which is just yeah. amazing. So anything by Chris Stapleton on the radio would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's coming up next for you? Obviously, you're you're releasing your your singles. Have you you've got another EP out, yes. and you're also going to do some more presenting. Is that right with Spotlight TV? That's right. Yeah. Um, I've been doing some focus on shows with them. Okay. Focus on um, a famous artist, an iconic artist. And I talk about their career from zero to now, um, which has been really interesting because yeah. I learned, so I've learned so much about so many cool artists. And we did Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. So I've dropped in some country artists and I also did Celine Dion and people mm. like Adele, which were really diverse journeys to like yeah. recently. So that was fun. And yeah, I have some brand new music coming out. I'm just working on it now and deciding what to release next. Amazing. How do you decide? Is it just your choice or do you kind of go around canvassing your fa- your friends and family? I do. I, I'm terrible. I canvass my family and then I come back to my heart and then I decide. Um, but, you know, sometimes the songs I love are not always the best radio songs. Mm. I love ballads and I would just write albums of ballads if I could. Yeah. But I've been trying to make an effort to write more upbeat kind of uh, radio friendly songs. That's really interesting. So that definitely that comes into your kind of songwriting process and your production process as well then. Yeah, I feel like I had te- I could release 10 ballads I have of an- tomorrow on an album. Yeah. But I um yeah, I have to. Be careful that not everything sounds sad and yeah, because <laughs> I'm quite a happy person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, no, it's re- it's really interesting to kind of understand the processes that go into when you're putting whether it's an EP or an album or what have you, or just choosing your singles. The the process that goes into choosing which one you think would be most suitable to release to release next. Um, and I guess I might be completely wrong, but I guess that might um depend on the time of year and stuff as well yeah Yeah, I think it was important for me to as an artist to stand out because there's so much music that is made and I like so much music Mm. I think it's finding your sound that makes you unique and stand out from everyone else so I did make a choice when that that was kind of when the blues stuff came in because I I am pushing genres really pushing the boundaries I guess yeah which is just scary because, you know, what if people don't like it? Or what if people say, oh, no, what's she doing? Like, mm. So it's hard. But I think if you can get the balance right. But, yeah, I guess summertime, everyone wants a happy summer. Yeah. Song. yeah. But I think you're dead right. You know, you need to stand, you need to stand up. Stand out, stand out, sorry. And we have got so many talented artists here in the UK um, yeah. That you've got to do something that sets yourself apart from from the other. So whether it is finding that different that different sound, and I find it really interesting to listen to all these artists. And when you listen to people on a regular basis, 
you can just pick up that uniqueness so for example twinny you can listen to twinny and you, and you don't even need to know who's singing it you're like i know that's twinny and kezia gill or jay tellywell or yourself you know you can hear without knowing which artist it is because they have that sound x factor i guess that that's, yeah. sets them apart from from everyone else yeah, it's yeah. really, really important. And we are so lucky over here that we've got so many brilliantly talented artists. Um, and uh, I think UK country music is going from from strength to strength. Um, did you when you started singing country? Did you get any abuse for, you know, going down the country path? I know the C word has always been a little bit of a d- dirty word in in lots of places. Yeah, I found it really annoying and offensive when people yeah would look at me and say, oh, you're going to be there with your cowboy boots and you mm. kind of, I'm coming around the mountain. And I used to be like, uh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen how beautiful country stars are and how yeah. glamorous they are and how amazing their voices yeah. are? And when I was young, I, we used to watch the CMA Awards. My auntie would be like, you want to learn how to sing? Watch the CMA Awards live. We didn't watch mm. the Brits, you know, we watched CMA Awards. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to be like. Mm they were all quite blonde and glamorous there was nothing country and hillbilly about it to me yeah so, yeah I have, as you can see I have quite a strong opinion on that <laughs> no 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 I completely I completely agree with you and actually when I was um when I was talking to Tim Potty Jones we were because obviously he's got a very West End background as well yeah. um and we were talking about people like Carrie Underwood who has she's acted and she's been on Broadway she's been in the West End um Oh, sorry, in musicals, because she can really sing. And she's yeah. absolutely beautiful, <laughs> completely glamorous, um, yeah. but she can sing. And it's that pure talent that sets country, for me anyway, sets country aside from so many of the other different different yeah. genres. Um, and again, I think that's why lots of people like musicals and and things like that. And also like country because it's the it's the talent and it's the storytelling and it's that um, the melody and it's all it's actually all about the music rather than yeah the production or the the lights or you know whatever that whatever yeah. that might be. Well, I think there's an honesty to country music and whatever way you get pulled towards it, you know you you do get pulled towards a genre mm. and it's hard to decide why or find out why, but you do, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people find you? And do you have any sort of live gigs in the diary? I know it's a bit tricky this year. Lots of people aren't aren't booking anything just yet. Where can people come and see your music and see you perform and, and find you if they want to know more? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm available. I'm available on all socials. So that sounds <laughs> like I'm going to just start a live chat show, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm on Facebook. So if you go Laura Evans Music on Facebook, Instagram Laura Evans UK, Twitter Laura J Evans UK. My website is thelauraevans.com. Um, I have a show in July that I will be announcing very early in July. Um, I'm just waiting for the fine details to be confirmed yeah. and fingers crossed that it goes ahead. So that will be probably my first live performance this yeah. year. I bet um, you're looking forward to that. I'm like slightly terrified as well, though. I'm I'm excited, but I'm like, what am I going to wear? <laughs> Thinking about that already, and we're only a mart. I love it. I love it. I'm like, how am I going to walk in heels again? I haven't done that. <laughs> so when you put put your jeans on after however many months of being in lockdown, I'm thinking, oh, 
this feel yeah. a bit tight. <laughs> Did we live with this before? This yeah. What's happening? Are these comfortable? <laughs> um no that's great well that's really exciting and I'm very excited to know that you know you've got live gigs obviously we are planning to go ahead with Tennessee Tennessee Fields in the middle of July um so crossing everything touching every bit of wood possible um that we're going to be able to get there so that's uh very positive news that you've got that um planned as well and you've got a VIP kind of fan fan club on Facebook as well how is yeah. that working for you because I know lots of artists have kind of gone down that route or the cameo or the patreon or what have you um over the last 12 months yeah I just thought with Facebook a lot of stuff gets lost mm. and I can post some stuff and people don't see it so I decided to create um an all access an access all areas group so that I put everything on there and there's a discount on there for my fans who want to buy stuff or they get the first scoop on if anything's coming out so yeah just was a way for me to connect with people without them missing it yeah you know because I know Facebook is just so saturated with so much stuff yeah yeah uh, and so- has that helped you kind of maintain your your fan base I guess through the last 12 months and and, and get closer to them and sort of make a stronger community yeah definitely and I'm not a big fan of opening up on social media because I think mm. oh who wants to hear from me today you know maybe I, I am quite aware of like oh does everyone want to see or read this or listen to this? Or as I know with my dedicated group, they want to hear it. So I can be really honest and talk and release a little live snippet without thinking, oh, does anyone care? Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's it. That's a great idea. And have you done many live streams and stuff? I haven't actually, no. I think I've done two in total. Mm. Yeah, I there's part of me that loved it and then part of me was like oh I'm selling myself a bit short and it wasn't yeah. really doing me justice and mm-hmm. as much as I would have loved to do them every week I kind of held back and I yeah. I pre-recorded some co- content with really good sound and visuals so yeah I went kind of down that route instead I think it's very much a horses for courses thing isn't it it's not it's not for everybody and I know as a um as a listener and as a viewer Mm-hmm. it's difficult because I want I want to clap I want that artist to hear me clapping you know I want them to see me and you want to feel that sort of vibe around and and some artists really need that um to keep going and for example the guys from Holloway Road they they haven't done any because they they said they just feel so awkward doing something like that when they're in it for the performance and they want their band there and they want to be out and they want to be seeing everybody having fun so I think it's yeah very much a a horses for courses that one you've got to uh, everyone's got to try and do what seems right for them Um, and there's nothing worse than watching someone who's obviously feeling awkward or not enjoying it or whatever. It's interesting isn't it because in a way there was a lot of pressure for artists Mm to perform and it was like well suddenly we have to perform now from our living rooms yeah and if you didn't want to do it it was like oh well why not so the yeah there was a fine line and yeah. it was it was it was hard I think for some people yeah no absolutely absolutely well it's been delightful to chat to you Laura thank you so much for giving me your time this afternoon it's um, been an absolute pleasure so thank you very much oh well thank you so much for having me let me talk <laughs> you're very welcome thank you Thank you.
You have been listening to the Tales of Tennessee podcast with me, Georgie T. You can keep up to date with the podcast by following us at talesoftennessee.podbean.com or by following all of our social media channels for the Tennessee Fields Festival. The handle is at TN Fields Fest on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also follow me, Georgie T, on Instagram at the underscore accidental underscore everything. We'd love to hear from you. So don't forget, you can email us at talesoftennessee at yahoo.com. And as always, thanks go to Francis and Archie Ween for providing the jingles for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee